Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Because you are a character doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Ah, yes, we're waiting for Friday. Game one of the World Series. Looking forward to being there. And the man who is going to be there also just landed in Houston. The one and only esteemed writer, our very good friend from the USA Today, Bob Nightingale. World Series upon us, Bob. Are you a Pulp Fiction guy, Bob? That's what I want to know. Yeah, every time it's on TV, I uh, I can't stop but watch watch it. Like it tra- it traps me. So yeah, I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've actually seen the the full movie. Probably only once or twice, but I've seen at least part of the movie about a hundred times. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So then you can relate to what we're doing right now with a little with a little Zed's Dead and playing a little Pulp Fiction soundtrack. I mean, it's I I can't get enough of it, Bob. That's it. One of my all time favorites. Yeah. No, classic movie, classic. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. All right. So we know you you just landed there in Houston. I want to know: Is Bob Nightingale an Uber guy, a Lyft guy, old school cab, or, or you go rent a car? What do you do? Yeah, I don't rent a car. I go uh, I go Uber. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was in Philly, New York, and I was just on the same uh, same plane with a buddy that you met uh, with Dusty at the. Uh, Game two, I think in Houston. Matt, remember Matt? Oh remember yeah, Matt? yeah, yeah. You know Matt? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we just sat, we just sitting together on the plane. Is that right? That's amazing. Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt, so, yeah. Matt so, from uh, San Antonio. Yeah, you know that's Dusty's old Bat Boy in Cincinnati. Did you know yeah, that? They met way back in the day. Was, was he actually a Bat Boy? He was a Bat Boy for the for the Reds. Okay, yeah. I didn't know he was a Bat Boy. I remember him, met him, and yeah. Wherever, wherever Dusty goes, he uh, yeah. he follows. So yeah, yeah. nice, nice guy. We all we all kind of do that, man. We go we we follow our friends. So uh, right, yeah. There we go. And I know you were there when I was there, and now you're going back, and you're there, and I'll be there Friday. So looking forward to it, man. It, it, it's going to be great when you look at this series too. And I, and I think Bob, I mean, this is kind of the series that that we wanted. I mean. And, you know, San Diego would be nice for me because then I could go to all the games. Yeah, I have a nice little drive from Vegas to San Diego, but I just think really from a an atmospheric standpoint and maybe a competitive standpoint, I think Phillies and Astros looks pretty darn good. What about you? Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, I still think, you know, no one's going to beat the Astros. Right. I really believe that. Right. But, a, uh, yeah, Philly's cool. I mean, they're, it's they're, those fans are so intense. Mm. It's a blast being there. I, I was checking with those guys too. I wasn't sure. I said, "Hey, have, a, have the Astros been here since the uh, since the scandal broke?" They said, "No." I said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm, I've been with the Astros in New York and the Astros in LA. This might take it to a different level. It might be. And here's a ballpark where Citizens Bank Park with 45,000 and very similar to Minute Maid Park with the Astros where you don't see an empty seat for any of these postseason games, a true home field advantage, two passionate fan bases, and I just and I love it. And let's uh, be honest, I mean, the you know, those two teams, when they play in their home parks, I mean, it gets loud, it gets riveting, and we really haven't seen that really from Philadelphia 
uh, you know, you had to go back, you know, to 2011 for that. And they were just, you know, one round and done losing to St. Louis in the, in the divisional round there. But now, I mean, look what they've done to the Braves. They, they beat the Padres. You know, you basically have Bryce Harper with a walk-off homer, even though he hit him in the bottom of the eighth. But uh, it just had to be electric there. And I don't see any empty seats. When I was looking at Yankee Stadium, Bob, I was blown away how many empty seats, especially by the dugouts and behind home plate, especially in game four. I mean, that is not happening in Houston and not happening in Philadelphia. No, and that, ha- that happens. When a team's down 3-0, nobody wants to see their team clinch. Uh, so I, I, I saw that the, uh, the get-in price for those Yankee games in game four was $26. Mm-hmm. So just people had enough, they kind of quit. So you see, yeah, you see that when a team's down like that. But I'll tell you what about the Philly fans is they, uh, you know, uh, like the Dodger crowd is so late arriving. Both Philly fans were in their seats by an hour before game time, and they were ready to go. Yeah. All right, so you uh, witnessed the Astros and the Yankees there uh, in New York. Uh, give, me, give me your thoughts uh, about the sweep here by the Astros. I just say uh, man playing boys. I mean, it was just uh, dominance. I mean, they just uh, completely dismantled from what, you know, every every single phase of the game, you know, mm-hmm. pitching, defense, base running, managing everything. Was, uh, it was all Astros. I thought before the, before the playoffs started, I remember talking to Dusty about this and, the, and his wife, that Seattle, Seattle scared me. I thought if they make it knock off the Astros, maybe Seattle because they're red hot and uh, a dangerous, dangerous rotation. And you look back, and it, you know, Seattle could have won all three games instead of, instead of the Astros sweeping. I thought once they got that past that, it was clear sailing. And uh, I don't see anybody stopping them now. I really don't. And here's the thing, though. Uh, the Astros are 7-0 and in the postseason, but all of these games have been close. The three victories against Seattle, the one was 18 innings, and all the Yankee games, they, these were not blowouts. We were talking about one-run games here. So, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that, okay, maybe the Yankees, you know, you know, could have, you know, won a couple of these games or whatever, but the Astros, you know, the mark of a good team here, as we know, is winning close ball games. And I think, like you said, everything was just done beautifully. Dusty did a fantastic job managing the lineup, the pitching staff. When he inserted uh, Trey Mancini, when they went back to New York for games three and four, I thought that was great. Uh, and again, you know, when you go back and you look at guys that haven't even got in the series, Luis Garcia didn't even get in the series against the Yankees, and he came out of the pen and did a marvelous job in that game three, that 18-inning game that gave him all those innings in that length. But now, I mean, Garcia, who was a starter the entire season, he doesn't get in. I mean, they are so deep, and they really haven't even scratched the surface yet. No, they are so deep. I was talking to Yankee scouts that were at that uh, 18-inning game against the Mariners. They said, you know, where Seattle ran on a bullets there, the Astros could have gone the 30-inning game. You know, that that, that pitching-wise, it's just like there was no stopping them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the Yankee series was just so – one-sided. I know the games look close. You know, number one, so you think the Yankees are going to lose. I mean, the Astros are going to lose. Right, right. Okay, reasons in your opinion, Bob, for the Yankees' demise. We saw the great start after the All-Star break. Basically, if you include the playoffs, they were below 500. Uh, wh- where do you put the blame on here? Well, I don't think the team was uh, you know, set up right. 
Uh, it seemed like they were, you know, not Ukraine, they had injuries. They should have done everything possible to get Castillo from uh, the Reds. Taylor got him, and he's a difference maker, and this guy's an ace. Uh, so when they didn't get him, I thought I thought they were in trouble, and uh, and they should have, you know just didn't have the bullets uh, in, in anything. So uh, the uh, I, I mean, it's interesting what they do in the off season. I'd be interested to see if they say, you know what, let's go get some help, let's go get a shortstop. I think you know they got those young guys they like, uh, Volpe we haven't seen yet, and uh, Cabrera. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Otherwise, they uh, they get some something to do. They gotta go get another starter. They gotta get some bullpen help. You know, when, when Chapman went AWOL on him and didn't show up, yeah, you know, that's just a horrible sign. He just uh, went and got a tattoo, Bob. I mean, no different than you. You know, go in the New York yeah, City yeah. night, go, go down to Manhattan. You know, go. You know, go get a tattoo. <laughs> I uh, know that was unbelievable. Uh, you know, that affection from it missed a, missed a month. Yeah. It's like you know how disgusted they were because they said why he was hurt instead of saying, "Oh, he's out with infection." Yeah. They said that uh, he's he's stupid enough to get touched again the season. Bob Nightingale joins us from the USA Today. Just landed in Houston, getting ready for Game One of the World Series coming up on Friday night. Uh, back to the Yankees, Bob. Aaron Boone. Anytime. He's going to get some blame here anytime a team falters, but I questioned a lot of his moves here. Do you think that Aaron Boone's job could be in jeopardy? One second, TC, I'm sorry. No, no problem. Zero, three, three, one. Um, three, three, one. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not completely rolling it out, TC. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all these moves and stuff, he was there all the way from the front office. It was like when people talk about Dave Roberts, hey, why'd you move Anderson, take Anderson out of the game in the fifth inning? It was all scripted. You know, it's like the Kevin Cash stuff. The stuff is all scripted ahead of time. So it's a fan that's making a lot of these moves. It's not the manager. So I'd, I'd be surprised, maybe even stunned, if he's fired. They just gave a three-year extension, too. He goes along with the program. Uh, Cashman's contract's up after this month, too. So but I don't see him going anywhere. But... Say what I think they're both they're both in a hot seat, particularly Boone next year. Aaron Judge, as we know, is a free agent, and Aaron Judge did not have a very good postseason. You know, hit a buck sixty, and again, when the Yankees aren't hitting home runs, they're going to be in trouble. And and Aaron Judge had a phenomenal year; he hit sixty-two homers during the course of the regular season, but really did nothing in the postseason. We know he's going to be a free agent. What do you think happens with Aaron Judge? I think he returns to the Yankees. You know, I think he gets about you know, right around three hundred million. He's not going to get much more than that. You know, just because of his age, he'll be thirty-one next year. Uh, probably get an eight-year deal. You know, for about you know, close to you know thirty-eight million to forty million dollars a year. That sort of thing. I, I don't see him going to the Giants. I know they say, oh, the Giants are in there, but you know what? The Giants went after Bryce Harper. Harper won nothing to do with it because he wanted to hit home runs. Uh, they had a trade work out with uh, Jean-Carlo Stanton. Stanton vetoed it for the same thing. Right. Yeah. I and, you know, you're close to home. I know he lives about two hours away, but I, I just don't see him doing it. I think, you know, he's going to stay in New York and uh, become a legend there. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we've talked a little bit about the Astros. Let's talk a little bit about the Phillies. Uh, they beat San Diego. They beat Atlanta before that, and they started this thing off with a nice little run against the Cardinals where they didn't have a home game in that wild card series. They really seemed like an average team, Bob. They underperformed throughout a, a good portion of the regular season. Heck, it cost Joe Girardi his job earlier on. Uh, Rob Thompson comes in. And, you know, I guess we'll give him some of the, you know, some credit here. But the bottom line is they, this is a team that still, you know, closed the season, I, I believe, went, went 7 and 13 in their last 20 games. How have they been able to turn this thing around in October? Yeah, they lost uh, yeah, 10 and 13 down the stretch, five in a row there. Yeah. And, you know, Rob Thompson, you know, the interim manager at the time, said that uh, once you win the playoffs, guys are able to relax. You know, it's almost like they're putting so much pressure on themselves. And they seem like a different team. I mean, they played very well this postseason. You know, they weren't supposed to beat the Cardinals. You know, they were probably, uh, you know, they, they certainly weren't supposed to beat Atlanta. That was a shocking upset. And then, uh, you know, they're probably favored against San Diego. Could have gotten either way. But, yeah, just a, a confident, a, a loose bunch. Uh, you know, Harper's on fire. Harper looks like the you know, best player in baseball the way he's playing right now. Schwarber's playing well, Reese Hoskins, so these guys are slugging. And they got, you know, two stud starters in, uh, in Nolan Wheeler. Uh, you know, a good pen, not a great bullpen, but getting by. Uh, you know, we'll see. They have to outslug people to win games. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the matchups for this series, I mean, e- each team – may feel they have an advantage here. Let's take it, like, say, from the Astros' standpoint. Where do you think the advantages are? And there could be plenty here from the Astros' standpoint looking at the Phillies. Well, I think the Astros, I like their, you know, whatever uh, way you look at it, every component, I think is in the Astros' favor. Uh, okay, you know, maybe the Phillies have more power. They slug. But, you know, the Astros put the ball in play much more. Astros are a much better defensive team. Astros are much deeper in uh, starting pitching, much deeper in bullpen. Uh, you know, I'll take Dusty over Rob Thompson. I'll take Dusty over anybody. Right. But I just think everything, you know, you got the home field advantage. Uh, I, I can't see Houston losing the series. I really can't. Mm-hmm. How deep do you think it could go? I would be surprised to see a sweep. I was joking around before the Yankees yeah. series and say, what's your prediction? I said, Astros are three. But yeah, no, it's a point you have to win four games. <laughs> I'm with the same mindset here. Okay, Astros in three again. Right. Uh, yeah. Huh. I, I, don't, I can't see it lasting more than five games. I really can't. I think the Astros are that good, huh. and I think they're going to blow them right out. You know, we know that the, the Phillies are hot right now, and you mentioned Bryce Harper. He's hot. But, you know, when you have five days off like this, Okay, it does cool your momentum. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. Now, yes, the Astros had the five days off just like the Braves and the Dodgers did uh, and the Yankees did. And the it really didn't affect the Astros. I mean, they were slow maybe the first five or six innings of game one. But then, you know, they got they got the home run from Alvarez and then, boom, they, they got going that, that series against Seattle. But when you look at... This Philadelphia team, they have really relied on the momentum and, again, the underdog role, playing on the road. No one gave them a, a shot as the sixth seed here. How much do you think that this five days off really cools them and we go back and we see the, the Phillies teams that struggled for you know four, five, six days sometimes during the course of the regular season? 
No, you make a great point, TC. This could this could really uh, affect them. I mean, obviously, you know, the Astros, even even Dusty said they kind of slow down the gates. You know, uh, particularly in Game One, there and finally got everything right. But a uh, you know the Phillies got it. You know, kept playing right away. They got in the hot streak and kept going. So this is their first layoff. It, it could adversely affect them. I remember talking to Dave uh, Dombrowski, the GM, toward the end of September. And he goes, I'm not saying this just because we're not going to win the division. But I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to buy. I don't want five days off. Well, now he's got five days. You know, I don't think MLB wants five days off either. and takes away the momentum. But the Astros have gone through this. Philadelphia Phillies have not. So I think you raised a great point. I, I think it's going to affect them big time. Yeah. Or, or has a chance to affect them big time. It does. It does. And I agree with you. I think it, it could be a sweep or maybe five games. And, again, yeah, you have Harper. You've got – Castellanos, you've got Schwarber, uh, you know, Hoskins. These guys are all capable. But, man, as we know, Bob, the, all of these guys, too, they can throw in some offers <laughs> as well, too. And, and and let's talk about the defense because no one's really talking about that. Philadelphia is one of the worst defensive teams out there. Wouldn't you concur with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're watching them, uh, you know, during the playoffs. You say, how, how did this team even make the playoffs with some of the bonehead uh, plays they made? You know, whether it's third base, first base, the outfield, um, balls dropping in. Uh, you know, it was smart you know, picking up Brandon Marsh at the uh, trade deadline. He can play some uh, good center field. Uh, the young shortstop, you know, from Vegas, uh, Stott, yep. you know, one of Harper's best friends. He's very good defensively. But, uh, you know, everywhere else you look, you know, except Rio Muto's good. Yeah, they got you know holds, but yeah, it's a huge defensive discrepancy in the series. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob Nightingale joins us. Uh, World Series upon us, uh, Game One Friday there in Houston. Bob, you've got several days to have some good meals there. Uh, you know, I, I kind of know where you're going to be going there, so uh, you know, relax, uh, enjoy your time there, man, and uh, it should be a fun time. I will. I will. You're coming in. I'm coming in Friday. Yep, I'll be there. I'll be. Okay. I'll, I'll be there. So let's let's make sure that uh, that we can uh, get together. Yeah, definitely. You know where you know where to go. A little bacon Anthony's action. A little steak dinner. There we go. There it is, brother. There it is, right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm there, and then I'm right across the street at Potente. That's like a dusty in my spot there. We we love that spot as well too. So, you know, and pl- pl- playing. You know, what's funny too is the uh, what's funny too on Thursday before the World Series starts, the Eagles come in town. So it's hilarious that it worked out that way. That's right. Look at that. All right. And and you do you know who, who actually they had to cancel that Elton John was scheduled during this time? And uh, they had to go through a lot of negotiations, but Elton John was scheduled to perform there at Minute Maid Park during this time. I, I wonder what they would have scheduled. Like, well, that's right. The, the Elton John stuff was scheduled like a uh, a year ago, I think, you know, yeah. well before the season. No, yeah. no news being pushed back this far. Yeah. But, yeah, I read that. I go, wow, since they – the Astro uh, people didn't have hope that they're or didn't have the belief that they're going to be in the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing, Bob, you have to beware. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what hotel you're staying. At. I, I I've got a feeling, but beware. This is a very t- uh, brutal time of the year. Okay, for people in Houston, the quilters are in town. The largest quilting convention is downtown there. That convention center. Watch out for the old ladies and their quilts, my friend. I'm just telling you, they, they could be uh, pushing you around in that elevator. I'm, be, I'm staying right next to the ballpark, so hopefully I won't run into that. Oh, that's you will. Uh, so am I. I'm telling you, this is where they stay, though, because that's only a couple block walk. These quilters, there's like 20,000 of them. 
Exactly. All right, brother. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for the time today. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'll see you Friday. Right. There he is, Bob Nightingale, a great writer, of course, one of the best of all time with the USA Today. I want to thank Bob for joining us today. Jam-packed show here once again. I want to thank T.J. Reeves from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sideline reporter, giving us the latest on Tom Brady and the Buck struggles. Brian Salmon joined us uh, as well. Appreciate him. And, of course, tomorrow, Mattress Mac joins us. Oh, yeah, talking about that $75 million futures ticket. That's happening tomorrow. Trevor Maddis joins us, ESPN, of course, our college football guru. We talk to him tomorrow, plus plenty more baseball guests on the way all week long. And then I take off for Houston after Thursday's show. There you go. Friday at the Westgate, Marco D'Angelo will be holding it down for me in the G-Man and many more. All right, you miss any part of this show, any of the shows, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check out all the interviews, the current interview page, the past, the featured interview up there as well, too. And uh, our breakdown regarding the Raiders' victory over the Texans, that's on the homepage as well, too, at tcmartinshow.com. Listen to the show anytime, anywhere, anywhere where you get the podcasts is where. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You name it. It's all there. For Dub Chuck TC saying so long. Have yourself a good one. It's been a great, terrible Tuesday. I got a smile on my face. It's never terrible when there's pulp playing. A little pulp, a little Jackie Brown. Great soundtrack today. And, of course, you can go listen to it back on the website. Have yourself a good one. Back at it again tomorrow at 2. And remember, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. And so is Beaumont. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Yeah!